Welcome to episode 238 of the Good Stuff Kids podcast. I am your host, Mike Mason. This is the show where we get to know the creators of certified and bona fide good stuff for kids and families. I'm going to keep it real short today because I'm not feeling real well, but that does not mean that you should not check out this very, very fun, very cool, very interesting conversation with Oran Etkin talking about his Timbalulu project and his brand new record, which is called Finding Friends Far From Home, A Journey with Clara Nett. Get it? Clara Nett. Okay, well, you'll get it. It'll make sense as you listen to the interview. Of course, if you want to reach me, find me, goodstuffpod at gmail.com or the at symbol goodstuffpod on your favorite social media outlet, as long as those favorites are Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. All right? Um, Don't have much more to say because I need to get back in bed. I will just say that you stay tuned all the way to the end of the episode and you hear the song Kutapira, uh, which you just heard a sample of, which is great. And it's just a really a small, tasty glimpse into what this record is all about. And I'm so excited for you to hear this conversation with Oran. Here he is. Talk to you at the end of the show. Good stuff. It's a, it's a great day. It's a, a very warm August day, or no, it's September, pardon me, off to a great start, a very warm September day here in Houston, Texas, and I'm super pumped to talk to Oran Etkin. Oran, good morning, how are you today, where are you, tell us everything we need to know. Good morning, good morning, <laughs> thanks so much for having me. I am at home in New York, New York City, um, yeah, just enjoying just, the beautiful morning here. Be great, awesome, mm-hmm. so um, I am really i mean I'll, I'll be very honest i'm like a little overwhelmed by all the stuff that you do so you are um you're a clarinet player but you do so many other things and, and you're the way that you approach music is uh is so interesting to me you know you you think about music well i i guess it's probably more appropriate to let you uh describe it um but but you you so there's a couple of things i want to ask you about one is how did you get your start, like in particular, like playing clarinet? How was that? What was a what was it about that instrument that really drew you in? Let's just start with that, and then we'll get into all these other sort of giant questions I have swirling around in my head. Sure, sure, <laughs> definitely. Well, actually, clarinet was the uh, I got into later. I was in high school when I started clarinet. I I started playing piano when I was four or five, and then um, I started playing violin when I was nine. Uh, sorry, violin when I was eight, saxophone when I was nine, guitar when I was ten, and then my guitar teacher taught me composition too. And then um, then I heard the Mozart clarinet concerto, and that really fascinated me. And, and then I started to play clarinet when I was 13. Huh. Um, and, and yeah, something about the clarinet's uh, human voice-like uh, nature really draws me into it and, and lets me kind of express my own voice through the clarinet you know, huh. and you don't hear that. I mean, I've heard that that you know an instrument described that way, like with the saxophone and with the mm-hmm. clarinet. Um, mm-hmm. What do you think it is about these particular instruments that allows it to have like 
to be described in that way, I guess, like to have that sort of soul attached to it. Have you ever like been able to put that into words or should we just leave it? Um, well, I think there is something about, you know, you're blowing wind into this instrument and, and it's kind of an extension of your voice in a certain way. Um, but really, honestly, I think everybody has their, their voice can be expressed on some instrument and it depends on what your voice is and what, and I'm not talking about your vocal cords voice, but your, what you want to express, what your, where your soul lies. Um, I have a, a good friend who, who, uh, was playing guitar for a long time, but the moment he started playing lap steel, it was like, wow, this is, he's singing directly through the lap steel, huh. you know, that in a way that he hadn't been when he was playing guitar. So when he found that, that instrument that was, that spoke that he was able to express his, himself through, it was like all of a sudden, all of his, all of his thoughts were just coming right out on the instrument directly. So I think everybody kind of has a way that their own voice um, is expressed, you know, which is, yeah. which is part of the amazing thing about making this album too, because I worked with a lot of traditional instruments from around the world and each one, I could see that the the musician was very attached to to expressing through that instrument. So, awesome. yeah. Well, we definitely dove in. Like, we did not waste any time <laughs> getting right getting right to the heart of things. So, let me, yeah. let me see if I can back up a little bit. So, you've been mm-hmm. you've been playing clarinet for a number of years, um, mm-hmm. and the the majority. Like, it's interesting to me that you have these like sort of parallel things going on. You have like classes that you teach and. and you know, I would love to hear you talk a little bit about Timbalulu. And then you have these other, like, really, like, you know, like classical music gigs that you do and, and a variety of other things. So what what has been sort of the, the, the bell curve, or I guess it's probably not a bell curve because there's been no down, but, like, just, like, the, the ramp up of, of how you got to this point musically, I guess both as a professional musician and as someone with sort of this interest in, in uh, like, family music. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, I've always, uh, uh, you know, been a clarinetist and performing, um, you know, I have several jazz albums of my own that I've put out. Um, and at the same time, I've also, also always, uh, kind of been uh, interested in, in, uh, in bringing the music to children. For me, it's kind of, it seems like a responsibility, uh, since there were elders who taught me the music when I was young, um, for me to pass on the music to the next generation. And I found that I could do that best when I deal with kids when they're really young, um, when they're still able to learn a language fluently, so then they can learn music in that same way that they learn a language. Um, so I started developing the Timbalulu method, uh, kind of with that in mind, of, of the, trying to capture the way that the kids really learn uh, languages mm-hmm. through these you know, they learn it so intuitively at this age. Right. And and so. I think that, um, you know, just like the basis, the basis, the basic philosophy mm-hmm. of the Timbalulu school, like if you could sum it up with what you're doing, I think that the idea, well, again, I'm, I'm trying to, I'm putting words in your mouth, but if you were to describe like the basic premise behind how you teach music, um, mm-hmm. what would it be? Uh, well, it's the idea that the instruments come to life and become characters so that the children conceive of music as really making their instruments talk. It's not as you have to play a B-flat because that's what it says on the page, but rather can you make your instrument come to life and talk and express itself and, and then talk with another instrument and be in conversation with that. 
because when I perform, uh, you know, as a jazz musician, improvising with another musician, that's what I'm doing. I'm not thinking, oh, it'll be great if I play a C sharp here. I'm thinking, you know, I'm actually thinking in music and and discussing with the other musician in the language of music. So mm -hmm. that's how I want the children to conceive of music from the from when they're two years old. Right. So, um, yeah. And then also the, the idea of bringing great music to children from around the world. So, if you again, if you think of music like a language, you always talk to your children in full sentences. You don't say, you know, just use one syllable of words. Uh, but a lot of times, you know, the the kind of traditional children's songs tend to be all 4-4, um, you know, major scale, the rhythm like for Twinkle Twinkle Little Stars, da ba 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 you know. Mm -hmm. But children can do Cuban rhythms, African rhythms. They can learn all these, uh, you know, scales from Indonesia and Japan and stuff like that. They just internalize them. And then it makes their vocabulary, their musical vocabulary, so much richer when they go to express themselves. Hmm. And I think that you know, so we're gonna we're gonna move our way into talking about the record, um, mm -hmm. "Finding Friends Far From Home," a journey with clarinet. Now, mm -hmm. if I was a detective, and I'm not, but I think I might have some detective skills, I would say mm -hmm. that clarinet is probably a character, <laughs> right? And it's probably yes. <laughs> some sort of wordplay with the word clarinet. Did I nail mm -hmm. that or did I nail yeah. that? Yes, <laughs> very good detective skills. <laughs> um, so so one thing that, that you've you've mentioned is, is the idea of music from around the world. And one thing that I think that you do, which is really cool, is you, you don't just go – Right. Like you don't just like, oh, yeah, I'm going to pop into Africa today and, and have it like an hour, you know, but rather your philosophy is really different. How much time would you spend with these communities? I guess it's like an opportunity to talk about time that you've spent with these communities and, and what you learned and, and things like that before we get into like the specific instruments and things. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, uh, for me, it's it's really music is about connection. And the deeper that I can connect with the people I'm playing with, the better. Um, you know, they say the band that eats together swings together. <laughs> so, um, you know, what a lot of these uh, these experiences came out of really, uh, you know, sometimes living with the musicians. For example, with the Zimbabwe one, I had a week off between my shows in France and uh, and my shows in Zimbabwe. So instead of coming back to New York for a week, I decided to go to Zimbabwe a week early and live with these traditional musicians uh, who um, play this uh, traditional instrument, the mbira. And, uh, and I, the night after I got there, there was an all-night ceremony, um, 14 hours long. Around hour seven of it, they said, get out your horn and come play with us. And we were playing music the whole week and, you know, eating the food that they cooked for me and everything and, and really bonded. And I think that those types of connections um, really lend a, a certain kind of integrity and depth to the music that, that, that we create. The same thing in Czech Republic. It's a, a long-term collaboration with these Roma, uh, you know, what pe people call gypsy musicians. So these types of, you know, this idea of really creating deep connections with people as I tour and, um, and then letting the music come out yeah. as a reflection of that depth. 
Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. One thing that's really cool about this record in particular is that each of these songs has an intro. You know, mm. so so you intro the the instrument and the people, and, and it's just such a like a, you know the idea of conversation, right? The idea of connection, like it feels so natural. Um, mm-hmm. So let's take a song like Kutapira, and I apologize if I'm saying that wrong because there's a ninety percent chance that I am. Cause, <laughs> you know, even though I'm looking at it, I may be saying it wrong. But like, mm-hmm. so for a song like that, who are the people involved? What are the instruments involved? Like, what was it like putting that together? Yep. So this song, um, it's it was recorded in Zimbabwe, um, and this is with the mbira. So the mbira is uh, is a thumb piano. Um, it has three rows of metal uh, rods that that you play with your two thumbs and your and your pointer finger, and uh, it's actually a spiritual instrument there. So they use it for ceremonies, like I was saying, uh, where they sing and the spirits come in and 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 talk to them. Um, but it's also used for you know folk music and stuff like that. So this particular song, I was living with um, a, a, a master of Mbira music named Musakiwa Chingoza. And I woke up early in the morning uh, before he was awake. So Musakiwa was sleeping, his wife was sleeping, and just the kids were awake and they were playing outside. And I, I went out and talked to them and, and asked them if they can teach me their favorite song. So they taught me this traditional song, Kutapira. Uh, it was early in the morning, and they got out their instruments, and they started showing me how to play it and how to sing it. Um, and I actually handed my phone to one of the kids, and he was he filmed the whole thing, and we ended up making a video, a uh, music video with that actually shows the moment that I learned this uh, in that in their yard in Zimbabwe. Um, and uh, the song is about a pumpkin, and how sweet the pumpkin is. So kutapira means sweet. And then the refrain that you hear us singing, is a way to call your friends to come and taste the pumpkin. And the video is awesome. Like, it just seems like so, um, knowing that it was, you know, filmed by one of the kids, Mm -hmm. you know, and it just, just, even if I had not known that, I would have said, like, it just feels very natural and very loose and, like, very fun. And, like, Mm -hmm. everyone's just enjoying being together. But, and then adding that additional level of, you know, one of the kids filmed it is so cool. And I love that they were the ones that taught it to you, right? Exactly. You spend this time with like the master of the thumb piano and, and, Mm -hmm. and it says a lot about you as a person that you you spent time with the kids and learned from them as well. Um, Exactly. Yeah. So, so another one that I'd love to hear a little bit about is uh, Tumbala Laika. Um, Mm -hmm. So I know this song in a number of different ways and from a number of, you know, not from a number of, but from from my story of how I know it and how I understand it. But I'd love to hear a little bit about what it was, how how it came about for you. Yeah. So um, Tumbala Laika, in this instance, what we're doing is actually mixing a traditional Yiddish song from Russia with the African rhythms from Zimbabwe. So um, so now we get into this idea of, okay, we can travel around, we can learn these traditional songs, but also we can go beyond cultural boundaries and try to make music together, which is throughout the album, I'm going not as a clarinetist, not trying to be Zimbabwean, not trying to be Chinese in each of these places. I'm trying to be myself and converse with them. So now in this album, in this song, we're mixing different rhythms and 
with a different song from a different place. So uh, Tumbala Laika is a song that I've heard since I was a, a young child, um, a Russian uh, Yiddish song. And we put this kind of twist on it with this with the African rhythms, and uh, and I got a balalaika player uh, from Russia um, that we we uh, got together and, um, when I was in Prague, and uh, he recorded on this as well. So you you really like so you mentioned uh, China. You spent some time in China as well. Mm-hmm. Yep. Wow. Okay. Exactly, so which, yeah. is that um, Molihua? Is that exactly? Yeah, is from China. Yeah. So tell us. I, I mean, I, I I am really holding back on trying to go like song by song, but there's just mm-hmm. so much like interesting stuff in this. Um, sure. Just in terms of you know, and it's it's about so much more than than the finished product here. And I just really want to highlight the time that you spent with these communities and highlight the the way in which you approach it, which is to truly be immersed in this in the community and and communicating through music, and I'm sure through various other ways. And just, you know, commend you for putting yourself into these situations that can potentially sometimes be uncomfortable just because of language barriers. But like you, Mm -hmm. you really are true to this idea that music is this universal language that brings people together. So, yeah, I will. Musicians are are family, you know, whenever I travel, uh, musicians everywhere, they they embrace each other in a beautiful way. Mm hmm. Yeah, totally. Well, I'm I'm very happy to hear that. So mm-hmm. so take us through the the journey, clarinet's journey through mm-hmm. uh, with Moli Hua. Yeah. So when I was in China, um, I my first concert that I performed there, uh, I did both concerts for adults and concerts for children. Um, so the first adult concert that I performed there, uh, there was a woman in the audience who was an arhu player. Arhu is the traditional two string violin. And she came up and talked to me after the concert, said she enjoyed the music and that she'd love to find an opportunity to play together. Um, and that was in Beijing. And then I was kind of, I, I had, uh, you know, some more concerts in Shanghai and then around the country. And then I was going to end up in Beijing at the end of the tour to do a children's concert. Um, so we kind of, we stayed in touch and we, you know, we got together and, and, you know, thought about different songs and stuff like that. And um, and then when I came back in back to Beijing, we found this opportunity to uh, get together and record uh, with her and with this guzheng, uh, which is the the kind of like a harp um, from China as well. So we got together and and uh, recorded Molihua. Huh, amazing! Mm-hmm. And the, and one thing that's so cool also is like if we were to just zoom out right like mm-hmm. just looking at the album cover it's got all of these different instruments on it represented at, you know in, in like a personified form but like all of the the instruments that are found on the record are, are represented on the cover so who mm-hmm. how did that how, I, I mean tell me about your record cover man but like yeah <laughs> yeah well, is this what is I'm... also yeah it's also an international thing it's a it's a wonderful young artist from mexico Mm. Who did this uh, this uh, album cover? She she lives in Mexico and and we were corresponding, uh, you know, electronically the whole throughout the whole process. And she um, she uh, listened a lot to the album and kind of created uh, you know visual characters for each of these musical characters because throughout, like I was saying, the concept is that all the instruments come alive. So throughout the all the whole album. 
you know, the clarinet is talking to the mbira, or the clarinet's talking to the arhu and the balalaika, and each one has a different character to it. Um, so, you know, you'll see the, the one that's sleeping is the kapuz, and he's actually the one for, in the Turkish l- lullaby who, who sings Clara to sleep when Clara is crying. Oh. And, uh, you know, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. Awesome. So, and there's, so, so, so tell me a little bit about, um, I know you, you tour, right? You tour mm-hmm. a lot and you tour as a, as a jazz musician, you tour, um, but what is the, you know, Timbalulu, what, what's the, what, if I were to go see a t- Timbalulu live, right? Like mm-hmm. Oran Etkin and Timbalulu, what, what am I, what am I going into? What should I be thinking about? What should I be ready for? What can I expect? Yeah, well, so we have a few different things in Tumbalula. We have uh, uh, music classes that we do, um, that I do as well as teaching artists that I've trained. And then the Tumbalula that's on tour is a lot of times the live show with a full band. So we're doing a whole CD release tour throughout the country and in Europe as well um, for this album. And basically, I come out and I we do right away, we do a song with, with everybody that gets uh, this gets everybody clapping and singing and uh, doing these polyrhythms uh, from West Africa. And then I tell them, I introduce the musicians and I tell them about my friend Clara, who was so excited to come to the concert, but she fell asleep in her bed. (laughs) And they, of course, imagine that it's a friend of mine, you know, her name is Mm -hmm. Clara. And I bring out her bed and then the kids help me to wake her up. And it turns out her name is, her last name is Net. So it's my clarinet. And we put her body together and her mouth falls off, so we need to put her neck, and then we put her <laughs> mouthpiece on. Um, and then finally she says, wah, 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 wah. She says, wah, wah. And her mama is Big Mama Tuba. Oh, wow. So Big Mama Tuba answers from the back of the audience. Wah. Everybody goes, whoa, what's that? So Big Mama Tuba comes on stage. You know, we That's sing a so song fun. for Big Mama Tuba to, to march on stage. And... Um, and then we take the kids on this journey where they they meet all these different instruments and and uh, and these different cultures huh. throughout the concert. And it's all interactive. So, you know, in every song there there's either parts for them to sing, parts of them to clap their hands certain rhythms or drum or or do certain movements with their bodies. It's all very interactive. Yeah. Um mm-hmm. I I think that there's so many levels to this, right? There's the level of community through music. There's the level of communication through music. There's a level of all these different instruments and, and, and having them be a part of the big picture experience. And then, you know, it, it even the, there's this piece that you are really inspiring me about, which is that there's so many instruments in the world and kids should be able to see them and experience them and have their hands on them and, and see like, what is the natural fit? Um, you know, I'm still thinking about what you said that like, you know, you, you had played all these instruments and then you had a clarinet and you're like, well, boom, nailed it. And, mm-hmm. uh, I, I just, I, I am thankful to you for giving families and kids in particular, the experience of having, um, time with these different instruments so you you mentioned you mentioned the tour Mm -hmm. um 
if we were to want to find you, right, and and check you out, and you know, see this video, the um, the video that that you made for Kutapira, mm-hmm. which is great and like so fun and high energy, and just feels like a hangout <laughs> more than mm-hmm. like a, you know, like more than like a, a, a you know, which is I think exactly the vibe you're going for. But how do we, yeah. how do we like just make sure we are as up to date with Oran Etkin as possible? Sure. So there's both. Uh, Oran Etkin and a Timbalulu page on Instagram and on Facebook. So O-R-A-N-E-T-K-I-N is the artist page and Timbalulu, T-I-M-B-A-L-O-O-L-O-O on Instagram and on Facebook. Um, and then also there's oranetkin.com hmm. and on, uh, sorry, and t- timbalulu.com. So on timbalulu.com, there's uh, all the videos and the concert dates and um, and all kinds of information about the music classes as well and stuff like that. Uh, so you're a really busy guy. And I, I w- one last question. Um, mm-hmm. You know, one thing that I think is really important it just is just to acknowledge the time that it takes to put a project together, any project, right? Like I'm talking about a musical project in particular. You know, you you write the songs, you go into the 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 studio. But for this, there's so much travel involved and so many moving parts. I'm just wondering, mm. out of curiosity, like, what was the, what was your timeline for this? Like, how how long was this one in the works before it it sort of was released into the world? Um, the first actual recording, the first place that I visited was Zimbabwe, and that was uh, in February, a year and a half ago. Uh-huh. So it 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 was about a year and a half in the making, uh, in that sense of the different places that I went and toured. Awesome. Awesome. And, you know, before that kind of planning and trying to think about how I wanted to conceive of the album and everything like that. Yeah. Um, great. Well, thank, thank you so much for sharing so much of, of your story and so much about why, why you're doing what you're doing and, and sharing this amazing music and, and amazing thought behind the music. And it was really uh, a pleasure to talk to you. Yeah. Thanks so much. Really enjoyed to talk to you too. And I hope that the, that the children and, and the families that listen to this, you know, get a sense for, um, you know, embracing other cultures in a very open and loving way and, 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 uh, and that they can be embraced as well. And, and, uh, you know, I think these days there's sometimes fear around other cultures and, and the other. And I think that um, that we can let ourselves be embraced by one another. And you've given us a beautiful template with which to uh, to do that. And yeah. thank you to you for, you for doing that. All right. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks so much. Awesome, right? Like, how awesome is Oran? I mean, he's, he's living the great life and he's doing it with a mission and a purpose to bring people together through music. And how can you, how can you fault that? There's nothing to fault there. Music is the great unifier. And I will now get off my soapbox and I will play you Kutapira from Oran Etkin and Timbaloop present Finding Friends Far From Home, A Journey with Clarinet. Thank you very, very much for listening and talk to you very soon. Ah, 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 ah,